Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Front Page 305. The reason we played Bad to the Bone right there as the intro song is we're going to be joined in a minute by former NFL defensive back EJ Biggers. And anytime you make the NFL, you are bad to the bone, my friend. In our second segment, we're going to have Antoine Staley, who covers the Florida State Seminoles, the Tallahassee Democrat. And I want to ask him how the demise of FSU this year may or may not uh, assist the recruiting efforts of the Miami Hurricanes. Actually, the demise of the Seminoles last, last, what, three years, probably. In our last segment, we're going to have Larry Bluestein, the godfather of recruiting. Nobody knows more than that guy about football recruiting. And we're going to ask him about the Miami Hurricanes and FIU recruiting and all that. But next up, as I promised, I'm going to bring in my co-host, a guy I mentored back in our younger days of the Miami Herald, the great Andre Fernandez. And Andre, since recruiting signing day is next week, what does that day mean to you? What has it meant to you in your career? It's meant a lot of uh, very quick running and driving around, running around parking lots and driving around the city, thanks to you most of the time back in the day. And no, but in all seriousness, good experiences and seeing a lot of seeing a lot of kids fulfill their dream. I, I still remember the day that uh, Demetrius J- uh, Jackson from the, uh, at Booker T signing with UM, very emotional. And then that kind of hit me like, you know, you always hear, you always see the kids like, oh yeah, I'm taking my talents here and I'm going there and playing the hat games and all that. But once in a while you see a really, a really cool moment where you, you, you can tell that it, that it's the next step in their lives and a big deal. Absolutely. It is, it is the dreams come true. And, and one guy who had those dreams come true, going to college and playing football and in the NFL is our next guest, EJ Biggers, who's uh, the defensive coordinator at his alma mater, the North Miami Beach Chargers, who are making uh, a playoff charge as we speak. EJ, welcome to the front page. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, EJ, let's get straight to it in terms of uh, recruiting since it, signing day is next week. When, when you were a young buck, what was that like? You ended up at Western Michigan, but you told me you had some some really big recruiting visits. I think Penn State was one. Can you tell me a little bit about what the process was like for you? Uh, for me, you know, me, I was a, I was a big-time quarterback. You know, I thought I was going to be a quarterback until my senior year, and I didn't grow as much as I probably wanted to. So I knew I had to probably go to defensive back. And, you know, N and D, we do both. We play both ways. So, I mean, taking those visits, uh, most schools were – talking about defensive back, the bigger schools, the smaller schools were talking still quarterback, but I, I kind of, like you said, wanted to go to a bigger school. Uh, it was fun. I mean, you know, being one of the top guys in Dade County, so you were getting a little more, you know, notoriety and, and a little more credit. But like I said, it was fun for me. I mean, I got a little tired of it just flying because I was at the time, you know, being dumb and young, you know, you're thinking, <laughs> oh, man, it's plane riding. I'm tired. I'm, just, You know, instead of enjoying every moment of it, I only took four visits, and like I said, I regret that now, but I don't regret the decision I made. What were the four that you took? Uh, I went to Penn State, Kansas, Ohio State, and Western Michigan. Good deal. Andre? EJ, how you doing, man? I I just wanted to ask you about those trips. Um, There's always a funny story from from those road trips. I mean, anything that, you know, that you're comfortable sharing, any, what was kind of like the (laughs) <laughs> the, the wildest thing that somebody did for you or, or something or something that you always remember when they were trying to get you to sign with their school? Um, the, my, 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 the two experiences I had, one, the funny one was uh, when me, me and Louis Demas, we were going, we went to Western Michigan together. So 
you know, we fly into, uh, I think, Detroit or Chicago, and then you fly in on a little, a smaller plane into Kalamazoo. So we, I guess we were both asleep, you know, so, you know, we're asleep. And then when we hit the ground, boom, you, you know, the small planes shake a lot when you hit the ground. So we hit the ground and, you know, we look outside and it's all white. So we're looking at each other like, what the heck? You know, you don't know that you're on the ground. We thinking we're still in the clouds. We're like, oh, we look at each other, you know, because we, we've never seen snow before. Yeah. So we look at each other and we're like, like both our faces, you could tell those, those scary faces, but I mean, I was like, I was terrified because like I said, I had probably been on a plane twice my whole life, maybe once, but to hit that ground and see nothing but white, I was like, oh my gosh, not today. Like, not on my visit, you know, right, right. Where that, we was, that was fun. Yeah. Like yeah. I was like, what the heck? And then Ohio state was, I, I, I really enjoyed, I love Western Michigan, you know, family oriented, everything, but Ohio state, I got to go to like my first real concert, like. They had a uh, G-Unit concert, uh, Lloyd Banks and all those guys were forming. For me, that was like big time. I couldn't wait to come back to school and tell everybody, you know, I was right there, like in the front row, blah, 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 you know. So that was a little thing uh, that I thought was really cool about going to Ohio State. Who had the prettiest girls on your visits? Um, probably... Uh, I'm trying to think. Probably was Ohio State, you know, because, <laughs> you know, the bigger school like that, uh, yeah, it had to be. Because, like I said, I went to a concert, so it was probably a little bit of everybody there from different areas. So, <laughs> I see EJ had his, Andre had his mental picture looking back going through that uh, mental images, and he settled on Ohio State. EJ, I want to ask you about um, one of your players at North Miami Beach, if I can pronounce his name correctly, correct me if I don't, Demoir Jean-Baptiste, and he's going to FIU. Uh, opposite, FIU has really struggled this season, so uh, he's a safety. Uh, you play DB. Tell us about the young man. Is he still going to FIU, and, and if so, what can the Panthers expect from this guy? Uh, yeah, Demoir, I mean, uh, to me, Demoir is just, he's, he's one of those unique talents because everything seems easy to him. Like all the movements and different things I put him through, uh, it's like to me it's always like effortlessly, and I'm I'm always on him because I feel like he's not going hard enough. I feel like, but then you look at him do the drills, and you're like he's doing it smoother than everybody else. So what are you talking about? You know. So he's always like looking at me, and I just tell him all the time. I'm like, I just want you to sometimes strain a little bit, you know, so I can know you're you know what I'm saying you're you're going you're going hard, you know. But no, nah, this guy this kid has been with us since ninth grade. Uh, he, he moved up to varsity mid ninth grade year and his first game, I think he, 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 he had an interception uh, and it might've got called back. And then the next game he got an interception. So it was crazy. His first two games up, but this kid is a big safety, uh, can cover ground, can play in the box. Uh, for us, he's played free safety and strong safety. He's even played corner for us as well. You know, at North Carolina beach, we kind of do it all, but like I say, great speed. I should say great speed. He's going to have great speed when he gets through a college program, but he has a really good speed. And like I say, he can cover ground. He's not afraid to stick his nose in there. Great. He's a great tackler. And like I said, to me, it's just everything seems easy. He reminds me of Lewis a little bit because he's how he tackles, but he just, everything is easy to him. So I, I don't even know like a tag again, how that guy ran around and like everything always seemed easy and things like that. That's the kind of guy he is. But like I said, he is committed to FIU. Uh, and for me, it was big because I, I was on the call when he did commit. 
and for me, it was special because, like I said, you know, my little brother was there before he passed. Uh, he had just finished his last season at FIU. So for me, that was like a big moment. I, it was, it was, it was uh, hard feeling for me because, like I said, just to see another guy be able to go there and for me to be able to go back down there again to watch him play. EJ, that's uh, that's great to hear for Demore. I wanted to ask you though, like how di- how tough has this year been for recruits because of the, the the hardships of not, you know, not being able to interact the way it normally is. I mean, you remember when they recruited you, like coaches come and you know come to the school and get to know the kids and see practices, all that sort of thing. But this year they haven't been able to do that. For the guys that are under the radar and you feel like are deserving of those, you know, of those D one scholarships, and maybe you know you're trying to get them noticed. Like how hard has this year been? It's been really hard, and like I said, it's been hard. It's really hard on the high school kids, but I feel like it's it's equally hard on the colleges because, like I said, they don't get to see what they want to see. You know, we didn't have spring football. Um, we didn't have anything in the summer, so guys can develop their skill a little bit more. And then, like I said, now during the season, the colleges aren't—they're not going to take that risk. So it's hard on everybody right now. I mean, for us, I mean, we have those two guys that were, were a little bit higher rank we had uh xavier rubio going to howard and then demore going to fiu but i mean it, it'll probably be a couple more guys if like you said the schools were able to come down and see these guys but i mean like i said dade county's gonna take a big hit i mean we're gonna still probably have more more kids in college and you know the most talent like always but man just those steals like a guy like me and delmas and guys at these other schools that people kind of overlook and a smaller school takes them and then boom, they blow up, you know? So yeah. I think that's going to end, man. We send guys to the Mac and the Sunbelt and uh, all these other conferences, the smaller conferences, and man, these guys become superstars, you know, become second, third round, uh, first round picks out of, you know, these smaller schools. And like I said, I think that's going to hurt. But I mean, if your talent is there, I'm, at the end of the day, you 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 you'll be able to display it somewhere. EJ, um, <clears throat> you mentioned your little brother, and that's how you and I uh, got to know each other a little bit. I wrote the story for the Miami Herald after his tragic passing and a and a car crash taken from us way too soon. Um, I, I'd like for you to tell us his his name and a little bit about him. I remember you know writing that he was a very outgoing guy, and in one way, I think you told me you 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 looked up to him in a certain way, just how just the, the, the young man had he, that he became. So tell me a little bit and tell the listeners a little bit about that and, and how are you doing, your mom and the family? You know, I'm sure that's something that's with you every day. Yeah, my brother, uh, Emmanuel Lubin, uh, he was 21 um, on his way back from FIU to my mom's house. And like I said, got in a car crash that uh, took him away from us. But uh, like I said, a guy that was, Never, I, like I said, I've never really seen a mad, a kid that was always laughing. Uh, and most of the most of the guys that were around him at FIU, you know, more than we were at this point in his life. I mean, that's the same thing those guys said. It helped me a lot because now I'm, I'm really, I talk to a lot of those guys a lot more, you know, and you know, we check on each other all the time. But my family's, we're doing, we're doing, we're doing good. Uh, you know, we go see him. I just went and took my daughters. We went in, uh, to the mausoleum uh, this Sunday. My mom goes every Sunday and my stepdad. Uh, and everybody just always goes and visit him. We always always are doing things in his memory. But like I said, he was a, a, a happy-go-lucky kid. I mean, he loves sports. But his, his bigger goal was just being around people, being around his teammates, and, and being happy. 
you know, he, he understood football was what it was, but it wasn't his life. Like for me, it was like, I have to make it for him. It was like, you know, I'm going to play if I'm, I'm going to do what I have to do, whatever my coach is asking, I'm going to do it at the best of my ability. But I mean, this isn't it for me. You know, that was his, that was always his mindset and he didn't say it, but if you watch him and how he acted and how he carried himself, you, you would know that, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, everybody, we talk about him all the time uh, because every event, he's, he was at every family event. If I wasn't there, he was there. If my other cousin, Doug Wiggins, wasn't there or anybody else in the family, UD, all of us weren't there, he was always at every he, – he spent time with everybody. He was always with UD. He was always with me. He was always with Doug. He was always with my aunts. Anybody you can name, he was – in our family, he was with them. And, you know, everybody had their own special memory with them, and it was crazy. Like, we always talk about, like, how did he spread his – his love so much and you know how did he have so much time to spend with everybody but he made it happen you know so it was something that we all decided to you know like you know we got to live our life like him you know we came up with a quote I mean a saying live like E and that's everybody like a bunch of our friends and family members and everybody they got it tatted on them or we put it on shirts now you know just to remind ourselves to live like him because he lived every day to the fullest like smiling joking Everything was always fun for him, you know. He did he, when he was had to be serious. He was, but you know, but he lived his life every day. So, like I said, we just came up with that, and like I said, everybody. That's what we live our day by every day. Just live like E, you know, live like Emmanuel. EJ is Alabama winning it all, or who do you who do you have this year in the college football uh, postseason? Who do you think went pulls off? Man, that it's gonna be tough to beat them, man. I, if anybody has the chance just because they can score a lot of points. I think it is Florida, but Florida's defense has been shaky. You know, that's the only thing, but putting up points isn't a problem, you know? So I think Bama hasn't, you know, they always, they, they, they struggle with teams that can pound a little bit and put up points, you know, especially in the secondary, they're, those guys, you know, Florida has guys all over the field. So if they can, it's going to be probably a 60 to 61 type game. But uh, if they beat Florida, man, I don't think they'll lose. You know, it, it'll be, it'll be, I don't think anybody in those other conferences will have a chance with them. Hey, EJ, just a couple minutes left. And uh, first of all, what you said about your brother was, was great. And, and God bless his soul. Um, I, I just want to ask you, because you've played against some, some kids this year, NMB has played against some kids that are either FIU and UM recruits. So just want to give you, give me like a quick scouting report. If you, you know, what you remember these guys. So first one is, at Carroll City, Catravis uh, Jeter. Very, very hard runner. Reminds you of uh, like a, a baby Adrian Peterson. That's all we were talking about watching him on film because he was a he's a he's a wow. dynamic home run guy, but he runs hard, like very hard. You know, you have to make sure you're wrapping up. But I think FIU is going. They're getting a great talent with that man because they they've been doing wow. a great job with their backs. You know, but he to me that's what I you know for me just seeing him. I'm like I was telling my guys like hey. You have to wrap him up. He runs hard, you know, like, and you don't, you, you get guys in high school like that. I think more like when we were playing, now you're getting guys that are like scat back, but he was one of those guys that I feel like can play in any system. Baby Adrian Peterson. Wow, that's saying a lot. Now here's two, I got three more right quick. So um, Columbus, when you played against them, their center or offensive lineman, Ryan Rodriguez is going to UM and the defensive end, Jabari Ishmael also going to Miami. What do you think about those cats? Uh, Jabari was huge, man. I mean, he, he was, he's, he's a big guy out there. You know, and like I said, coming off the edge, I mean, 
he's gonna he's gonna have he's gonna create a lot of havoc, you know what I'm saying, with his size already. And then like I said, he's he has the, the, the talent and the speed, you know, to do whatever he needs to do. You know, after he gets off the line, I mean he can chase things down, he can keep contained. Like he's gonna be batting a lot of balls down, probably picking them off because of his size, uh great athletic ability in that center, man. He was just like I said, their O line was their their O line was dominant. You know, they they're really like they 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 reminded us of us because they were like a run first pound the ball team and that's what they did. They did they did a great job. They were like the only team that really were driving the ball like five yards, five yards, you know, and pounding you. So, you know, and that, that all started with him. You know, we when we were watching, we we're like, golly, man, they 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 pounded us, you know. So like I said, he's like I said, I feel like UM's getting two great talents with those two guys. And like I said, always guys coming from Miami, man, I'm always rooting for them and you know, hoping those guys the best. And then the last one I want to ask you about your next game in the Tri-County. I think you're in the semifinals now, right? Yes, sir. Semifinals, and you're playing Killian. So I imagine you studied tape. Have you seen this uh, linebacker, Tyler Johnson, who's a Hurricanes recruit on tape? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think he had an interception uh, last week against Stranahan. Uh Big guy making, like you said, making a lot of plays. Their, their team is very, very fast. Uh, and very physical. Uh, they have, like you said, they have some great receivers, but like on defense, like you said, those guys haven't let up a lot of points this year. So, I mean, that, like you said, that goes to the guy who's in the middle, who's leading the defense, and like I said, he's making a lot of plays, running around, uh, getting interceptions, uh, hitting people, you know, and, and setting the tone. EJ, we've run out of time, and you're great. I, I have so many more things I want to ask you, so I'm just going to ask you one really quick thing. This is a quiz on your career. When your your NFL debut, I'm assuming you know the answer to this. NFL debut, you picked off your first pass in your first game. Who was the quarterback that you picked? Jake Delhomme. <laughs> you got it. You never forget that, right? Oh, never forget that, man. My mom has the ball in her house right now. That was the first thing. As soon as I got out, out of the game, I gave her the ball. So, I, I, I mean, when, every time I go over there, I see it. The, the, the ball, was it a deflection? And it came to you, you, you made a play. Uh, I made a play. It was like fourth quarter, and they had the, they were trying to take a shot, uh, and he was throwing to Muhammad Masakwa, a uh, guy that I trained with, and uh, just went up and got the ball. And I, I mean, after that, I, I thought interceptions were going to come easy, but didn't get many of those. Dropped a bunch <laughs> after that. So, I mean, that was special, like you said, to get one the first game because, like you said, I dropped a lot after that, and you know, they don't come as easy as they you think. Well, that first one you got, that was already one more than me and Andre combined. So that's why you're bad at the bone, man. And uh, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for coming on the show with us. Good luck against Killian, man. Thanks, EJ. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for everything. All right. And we'll be right back with FSU expert Antoine Saley right after this. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Here's that song again. Yay. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Yay. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Yay. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two Aniga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It does. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tonga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tonga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Flowers are beautiful, but they become even more so when carried by people who are committed to ending Alzheimer's. At the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's, hundreds of thousands carry different colored flowers signifying their connections to the disease. And we walk so that one day, there will be a white flower for Alzheimer's first survivor. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station, but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable, sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Slam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family. We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family. They are my family and they will always continue to be my family and I will forever be thankful and I know they got my back just like I got theirs. I love being part of Slam Radio. This is the 49ers Gold Rush and you are listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right. Welcome back, front page 305, and you hear that uh, that tomahawk chop war chant. What does that make you uh, uh, feel or think, Andre, when you hear that? Uh, it makes me think I'm right in front of the Carroll City Band, or maybe uh, the Marlins are getting a Marlins pitcher just gave up to a home run or back-to-back -back home runs, and Turner Field's going crazy. No, but oh yeah, time, Tallahassee. I forgot. <laughs> this time it's for the Florida State Seminoles, and we want to welcome. Our, first, our second guest, rather, Antoine Staley, who writes, uh, covers the Seminoles for the Tallahassee Democrat. Uh, Antoine, thanks for coming on and welcome to the front page. Hey, what's up, fellas? Good to be with y'all. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. And so, uh, you know, as I hinted earlier in the show, my first question is, what the heck is going on at FSU? Such a proud football program, two and six this season. And, and tell us 
uh, also, what are some ways maybe the Hurricanes can take advantage of F FSU's downfall? As a Hurricanes guy, I'm, that's what I'm thinking, man. Maybe, maybe Miami can take advantage of this somehow. What are your thoughts uh, maybe in the recruiting wars uh, with, with everything that's going on a week away from signing day? Well, uh, I'll start with FSU. I think a lot of a lot of people have just kind of pointed the blame at Mike Novell, but he kind of took over a really bad situation to take it over for Willie Taggart. And then not to mention uh, everything that's happened within the program that's not his fault. And then you add on COVID and trying to recruit and uh, obviously the, the players leaving that, you know, he didn't necessarily recruit and uh, just trying to fill the team uh, through all of this and trying to play. Uh, it, it's been it's been a struggle, so I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, fair to put everything the blame on him this upcoming year because this is it was a bad situation to begin with, and then like I say, you add on a lot of extra stuff, then yeah, it's been definitely a struggle for him. But really, this has been the first time we've seen Florida State struggle, um, at least during my lifetime, anyway, uh, like this. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they make it out. But to answer your second question with Miami. Obviously, uh, Florida State has shown the uh, propensity to come down to South Florida, um, Miami Day, uh, Broward, to take some of the best recruits of the Tallahassee and the Panhandle. So I definitely think with Miami's resurgence and the, how well they're doing this year, uh, this would be an opportunity to kind of just put a stranglehold on that backyard. And I definitely think uh, they are going to have a really good opportunity to do that when signing day comes up, the early signing day comes up um, here in a little bit. Antoine, congrats on this job, man. Um, wanted to talk to you about mainly the class FSU is ranked, uh, I think by 24-7 right now, they're ranked 32nd, but I think there's like five yeah. four-star recruits in there. Just for Seminoles fans that are hoping, you know, for a turnaround soon, uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, who they've got uh, commitments from so far. Like, why, why, when can the Noles, what can the Noles expect from some of those guys? Well, you got uh, Hunter Washington, a guy out of Katy, Texas, uh, definitely a four-star recruit there at the quarterback position. Also got Marion Cooper, a cornerback there for uh, Lehigh Acres, Florida, uh, somebody to watch out for, and uh, Rod Orr, uh, offensive tackle, somebody, an uh, offensive lineman they definitely uh, could use, even though um, the offensive line isn't nearly as bad as what it was a year ago, but definitely somebody uh, line, a defense, uh, offensive tackle position they could show up there too as well. So I definitely think you look at those three guys, I definitely think uh, – those are the guys they're pointed at, might know guys that might know Bell hopes that can come turn the program around. So I definitely think those are uh, real positive and stuff in the right direction there. And I expect them to do a whole lot more. Uh, maybe not necessarily uh, early sign of day, but I definitely think you're going to see them possibly uh, take some strides. Especially they're going to hit the transfer portal pretty hard. Um, that they see they seen what Miami did, especially getting some quality players there and. Uh, I think uh, you talk about imitating uh, rivals. I definitely think they saw what De'Aaron King was able to do for Miami, and they kind of want that too, and they can see an early turnaround too. And they're going to have a lot of opportunity. They're going to have opportunities for players to come in and get early playing time and also uh, opportunities on their roster too as well. So, yeah, I definitely think Mike Novell is kind of pointing towards that yeah, we're going to get a, hit a lot of veterans up in the transfer quarter, especially when uh, the, the war, uh, kind of recruiting, especially um, the way it's going to be this upcoming year, whereas you're not going to better have a whole lot of in visits there because of the COVID situation. And it's, it's, I think it's a quick way for them to kind of turn around the program in kind of a hurry. Antoine, um, there's been some talk about F FSU getting quarterback Mackenzie Milton 
as a transfer from UCF, obviously the kid, very talented, but he suffered such a nasty leg injury, spent basically the past two years rehabbing it. Um, in your view, what is, what's the likelihood he, he does end up at FSU? And if so, what do you think we could expect given uh, the length of time he's been away? Well, I think uh, the interest is there. It's definitely real. Um, just talking to people that I know, uh, as far as whether he chooses to go to FSU or not, it remains to be seen. But yeah, they're definitely interested there. Obviously, uh, they've had Jordan Travis in their lineup uh, mostly this up this year. Uh, Starting out with James Blackman, obviously he's going. Tra- he's going to transfer and look at his options there, but. Yeah, they do have Jordan Travis. They really do like him, but I don't know if they necessarily know if he's the long-term solution there, especially considering how he, the injuries that he suffered, and they're not sure he can be the long-term answer there. So you have a guy like uh, Mackenzie Belton there who uh, actually did a great job for UCF uh, when he was playing. Uh, he's outstanding. So I, I don't know exactly what what we expect to see from him, especially considering the length of time that he's missed. But I definitely think it's an opportunity for Florida State to say, you know what, yeah, let's uh, bring him in there and see what he can do and have him possibly compete for one of our quarterback positions there. And, again, you get a quarterback there uh, that can, that's dynamic and really can change your whole program and your whole perspective. You can go from uh, possibly two or three wins, which Florida State's probably going to finish this year, to uh, you're looking, I think, they, especially with the players that are coming in and the players that they looking at at the transfer forward or possibly maybe a seven or eight win team. And, yeah, it's not standards for Florida State, but then you got to start somewhere, and I definitely think it'll be a really good jump up for Mike Norvell in his second year there at the program. Uh, Antoine, the Patrick Payton kid, going back to the the, the recruiting class, uh, looks like they got that commit uh, just recently. Uh, you know, from Northwestern, six five, two hundred five yeah. linebacker. What do you, what do you like about him? A really dynamic guy, big, uh, uh, tall, uh, somebody that can really grow into his body and uh, build uh, minutes as a pass rusher and also uh, as a tackler too and somebody that uh, definitely FSU could start really, really early. Uh, I definitely could see him coming in and making an immediate impact there. So, yeah, uh, definitely somebody that a lot of people in South Florida are very familiar with. I know a lot of people thought he uh, ended up decommitting from Nebraska recently and ended up in Florida State kind of got a little bit excited there. So they might be the uh, – the ones he was going to go to, and obviously that definitely happened there. But I definitely think it's somebody that's going you know, to have a dynamic impact on the program early, potentially there. But, yeah, it's somebody they really like and really see somebody that can come in and be one of those prototypical Florida State linebackers that a lot of people end up remembering during their dominant years. You know, I was checking out what Florida State has done since the season started, and on the decommitment side, uh, I think they were – they, uh, they lost the quarterback to Ole Miss. There's a four-star linebacker, uh, Brandon Jennings, who has an offer from Miami. His brother plays for Miami. He decommitted a wide receiver who has an offer from Miami and a three-star linebacker. Um, so they, they lost all those kids. But they've also gained kids. I think they picked up four guys since the season started who are, were not deterred by, you know, what's going on in the field. And, and, and some pretty highly ranked guys, a four-star DN four-star O-lineman. Um, so I guess my first question is, what do you think it's a neg, just a, uh, a net plus or a net minus the fact that they're losing? Or maybe do kids think, well, there's more of an opportunity to play here? And then secondarily, Antoine, what, what's the mood of FSU fans and boosters? 
Uh, you mentioned such a proud program. Um, are they going to give Norvell time? Is there support for him, both from the boosters and the fans? Are they willing to be patient? Uh, I'll ask you the second question first. Yeah, I think uh, as far as everything that I, I know and people I've talked to, yeah, they're definitely going to be patient with Norvell. They understand that he came into a not-so-ideal, not even close-to-ideal situation there. So I definitely think people are understanding of that. Uh, obviously, this is something that nobody has really seen from Florida State, unless, like I say, unless you're a fan that goes past Bobby Bowden or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, uh, this is definitely uncharted waters for them. But they understand the situation that they've been in, and they feel like Norvell, they really they really believe in Norvell. It's just they understand it's going to take some time. It may take two or three years to get back uh, into dominance. And now you have to deal with Clemson, especially being in the same division as them. So that that's what your that's your level. That's that's the goal. They try to be up there with them competing for ACC championships and national championships. So they understand that's going to take some time. It takes time for Norvell to get in there. As far as the recruiting, yeah, I mean you're gonna you're gonna get some you get some people there. You're gonna lose some, but I definitely think from uh, what I understand that yeah, they feel like that Florida State. A lot of these kids have seen Florida State be a prominent program. It's not they're not so far removed where they hadn't seen Florida State be uh, dominant or be a com- be competitive in uh, college football. So they feel like they can come in and get the, they can come in and talk to these kids and get them to try to come back and uh, resurrect the program. So, yeah, they feel like uh, they can do this in a hurry. And also added bonuses, uh, some of these guys are from different locations there. You get to stay in Florida there. You get to come down to South Florida if you're from there. And you get playing time at the same time. So, yeah, I definitely think uh, add all those things up, and I think you're going to get a lot of players that, you know, you may lose some players just because they're losing. I mean, they're not winning, but at the same time, I definitely think they're positive where they can get enough kids where they can come in and uh, they can come to the program and make an immediate impact right away. As Antoine used to cover the Dolphins, I'm going to switch topics real quick to, before we finish out the segment and ask you, what do you think of, you know, the Dolphins eight and four, this four game stretch coming up? What what do you think happens to, you know, Oof. this team? Yeah, that's a brutal <laughs> stretch. To, uh, and I, I covered the Dolphins long enough where I've seen them get to this point and then they kind of just, things just kind of hit the fan after that. I, I don't imagine it's going to be like that. I think it's a better, well-coached team, different type of team with barn fours. And it seems like for me, just talking, obviously I still have friends down there, just talking with them and uh, everything that I know, that players really like him and want to play for him. I don't know if, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I figure, you know, considering people were talking about this team tanking last year and they finished five and 11. And if they finished nine and seven, I know it's going to be hard for people to swallow this simply because they have eight wins right now, but I still think it's a, uh, a, a solid season and a step in the right direction. Uh, I know people want to make the playoffs, but at the same time, yeah, they, you got the Chiefs coming up. You still you got the pay, the Patriots are playing better. You can't discount that. Uh, then you got the Raiders, uh, obviously a team that's going to they're going to be competing with the Dolphins in the playoffs, and then you got the Bill going up to Buffalo the last game of the season. So it's it's just tough waters for the Dolphins. I, I root for them. I, I hope they get into the playoffs. But yeah, that's a that's as tough of a stretch as you can get. Meanwhile, you got a team like Baltimore that has the easiest schedule left in the NFL the rest of the way. Yeah. What'd you think of Flo uh, defending his guys, jumping in front of the Bengals bench? I love it. I mean, this it, this guy seems like he will pop the trunk for his players, <laughs> and I think that's I think that's amazing. 
uh, to, to have a coach like that because you don't ha- you don't have too many coaches that are willing to do that. They go to bat for the players like that. I mean, he was ready to take on anybody from the Cincinnati sideline just to defend the King Grant, and I, I think players see that and. Uh, it's, it's a good tool for free agency too, because you, you see, play, you see a guy like Brian Flores. You're like, yeah, I want to play for him. He's gonna have my back. Whereas some of these coaches, uh, they're old school. They're not gonna do anything. They're gonna do have. They're not gonna have those type of emotions. Where Brian Flores is a young, energetic head coach that's gonna go to bat for you every single play, especially if you give him the maximum effort. I think that's that's not gonna be lost on players wanting to come down to Miami and play for him. Antoine, you were great. That's a lot of great information, both on FSU and the Dolphins. Uh, the last thing I was going to say was uh, just noticing Cam Akers having a pretty nice little rookie year and, you know, finally getting some blocking. <laughs> and what it was like, it was atrocious <laughs> blocking at, at Florida State. So it's good to see him, uh, you know, actually get some help and, and he's doing a little something-something in the NFL. Yeah, it, it, I mean, you knew he was going to be good. He ran over a thousand yards behind a really, really bad offensive line at Florida State. So just imagine putting him in in a even a really decent line like the Rams have, and this is without uh, Andrew Whitworth right now. Uh, you have him, and yeah, I, he's definitely killing it. And I'm not surprised at the success that he's having. And I expect him to have a really, really solid career for the Rams. And obviously, they let go of Todd Gurley, but they really had missed the beat with him and Henderson back there in the backfield. Yeah, thanks a lot for for doing this, Antoine. And we'll be right back with the Godfather of recruiting, Larry Bluestein. Hey, look what I found! A radio. Radio. This. It's Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why? How can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? Hang up on us. Just tell me, no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. Because I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He ate us. <laughs> 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 
Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell him? You tell him, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Hey, everybody. This is John Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. Giving a big shout-out to Slam Radio, the only student-run radio station that's all national. Awesome, guys. Congratulations. And now we're back with Front Page 305 on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, welcome back to Front Page 305. And, and you know, in baseball, you got to have a great closer. And today we have our version of Mariano Rivera, and that's Larry Bluestein, the godfather of football recruiting. Larry, welcome to the Front Page. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. You didn't, you didn't get into that song far enough to hear a great guitar riff. It's probably the best guitar riff in rock and roll history. You know, I, I played that song in your honor. Uh, it's your walk-up song, but I go by Frankie Fernandez, our great producer. I, when I'm trying to notice his waving me on, I think if, if we play it too long, I think we get uh, we get charged, and then I would have to build. Oh, it okay. All right. Larry's just coming in. You're going to start throwing cutters. The batters don't. They're going to see. Oh. They're going to know it's coming, and still, they're just going to swing right through it. That's you right. know that, so Dre, you, man. You know that. You <laughs> wouldn't want you wouldn't want me to bill you for that Boston song, Larry, but let's, let's go right into recruiting. Let's start with the Miami hurricanes two prong question. I know they've probably got a lot of them. I want you to give me the, let's say two guys that you think will be the best at the end of the day uh, from their list. And also second part of that is what do you expect to happen as they, you know, complete their recruiting cycle? You know, they don't have, they don't have the full 25 yet. So the second part of the question is what do you think they're going to do uh, going forward? Well, the first part I would say on offense, I think Romello Brinson, um, kid's a outstanding receiver at a position that Miami needs so much. I mean, you know, they have a lot of kids, but nobody like they did back in the day when you know the the Michael Irvins and those type of receivers are coming to the and even you know I mean even guys who were lesser known but just had that dog in them. 
Um, <clears throat> that's what you're going to get with Romello Brinson out of Northwestern. He he wants that ball. He wants that ball, and he's going to fight for it. And you can't you can't keep him on the bench. I know that they try these little rotations, and uh, you know this year because of the COVID, and they had to because they had so many guys out. But next year, the best man wins, and he's going to be one of the best. And then on defense, James Williams and. And I think what you can do is you can thank Pat Sertain for that, his coach now, not to take anything away from Adam Rakovich at Western or the first time that Daryl Porter and, and, um, and um, Pat had James Williams. But what they did, what, what they're doing with him this year has made him the type of player that I think he's go- is going to be a standard uh they put him in the box where he really belongs you don't want hit you don't want this six five 230 pound safety sitting back filming the action as i used to say to a couple of safeties who'd never really made an you know an impact i said what are you filming the game because you're far enough away and that's what james williams was because he just never really got into the mix the last couple of years. But Pat Sertan said to me during the summer, he goes, James is going to surprise a lot of people because we're going to put him somewhere where he's going to be James Williams. And I'll tell you what, he's been as responsible for the success of Heritage as anybody. And, uh, and last year I couldn't say that because I didn't think he really mixed it up enough. I'm sorry, I'm still laughing at the. Uh, I had a visual in my head of a kid with the phone out filming the game in the middle of the field. Yeah, I, I, I figured so, you. I figured you'd dwell on something like that. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> the second part of the question, Larry, what do you think they're going to do yeah. going forward? Um, oh well, I think what they're going to do now is I think they'll hit the transfer portal to fill their to fill the the scholarships because of the fact that you got a lot of young kids now you got to balance it off and do what you did the last couple of years because inevitably whether they lose the Eric King and all the rest of the guys that came via the transfer portal you you're always you have to if you're going to compete for national titles or even coastal division titles when they get it back. Um, is you have to have depth. Miami doesn't have depth. I don't think of a position that they have that other than running back, but that's not really proven depth over a couple of years. That's just, you know, one year so far. And then you lose Cameron Harris. Uh, Cause obviously I think in the first four games of the season, Cameron Harris got paid. He did. He got paid because a lot of people saw what he could do. Then the running game kind of went into a shell, but that's to answer your question. Yeah, they're they're. I think they're going to go into the transfer portal and get some of these veteran guys uh, that could come in and really be an asset, not only on the football field but in the, in the locker room where it's going to be sorely needed with a bunch of eighteen, nineteen, and twenty year old kids, predominantly, you know, taking center stage. I want to get to Andre's question next, but I want to just clarify when Larry said. Cam Harris got paid. I don't. I don't think he meant there was any shenanigans. Oh no, 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 no. Paying him. I think he meant that uh, he showed the NFL yeah, what NFL. he can do. There yeah, you go. Exactly. I don't want to get yeah, Miami yeah. on on probation. Go ahead, Drake. Way, way to clarify, Walter. <laughs> Um, yeah, love that translation. Yeah. If without Walter's <laughs> translation, I'd be dead. So there go ahead. Go. <laughs> right, Larry, you talked about depth and, and on on this on this Miami team, and and one of the spots people talk about that they need more is a cornerback. Um, anyone out there that's caught your eye this year that you think you know? Not saying necessarily if Miami has a chance or not, but someone that you look at and you say, "Damn, it's a shame." If Miami could get a guy like that, it would help tremendously. Yeah. Well. 
couple of Palmetto kids would for for to to start with because uh, obviously Miami loaded up on safeties, which they needed. I mean, you know, no doubt. I mean, see, that's the thing too, Dre. I mean, you know, I mean, I think what what they'll do is they may go into the. There's a couple of guys that are. Um, you know, that from what I heard that are going to leave and do their graduate work at Miami, most likely. And there, there's two, both of them are corners and we'll see how that plays out. But if that's the, the plan, that's a perfect plan because if you could go there and, and obviously, you know, are you ready for the, the Tyler Van Dyke uh, deal? Because obviously, you know, I mean, he's the next man up. I mean, I think he's a beast. I think the guy's a great athlete. So, uh, yeah, uh, to answer your question, I mean, you, you take a look at some of these kids on, on you know, on this team, and I, I think that you need a veteran presence, and I think that's how you're going to go to the corners. I, you know, I mean, there's a lot of young kids who are going to be in the mix, but again, there's that word depth, and a lot of these places, and you look where these kids are starting, like Miami had a lot of kids starting that if they were in other programs, and I know it's crazy to say because they're eight and one, uh, but, you know, I mean, you know, we all know, you all watch the games. I mean, a lot of those games could go either, could have gone either way, like last year. They went against Miami last year, this year they're going for them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be, you know, a juggernaut for the next few years. They just have to, they have to address the depth problem. And they obviously going to have to make a decision that a position right now that's been the most high profile, and that's been quarterback. Does De'Ara King stay? Did he have enough? looks is he going to be a higher draft pick if he stays another year no he's not kyler murray no he's not russell wilson and he'll never be uh, but he's you know he's a you know at the latter end of that where he could come in and you know maybe play receiver and you know do great wildcat stuff you know i mean he's like the kid now Mal- is he better than malcolm perry probably not and he was drafted and that's what I'm saying. Miami needs to go get more guys like him where they can patch it up until Tyler Van Dyke is ready. Uh, you know, at being, you know, going against Alabama and Atlanta next year, I don't know if I want to be Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah. And there's that buzz now going around about Jake Garcia now that he's, you know, opened yeah. up again. Yeah. But Jake, but isn't Jake Garcia, uh, you know, Tyler Van Dyke just two years younger because he he's not going to come in here. He's not going to be the rescue because if you've right. watched Tyler right. Van Dyke and you watch him perform, the kid's a beast. He makes all the throws. He's very athletic. He's a draftable baseball guy. He's, you know, he's just a tough kid. And and you know, but being tough as Brad, as Brad Kaya found out doesn't translate when you have to open your first game in Louisville against a really good Louisville team. You know, you could be all the good you want, but experience is everything. And you got to pay for that experience. And that's, uh, you know, and that's going to be in time. And let's see what happens. But, yeah, could they get another t- uh, uh, De'Ara King? They could get – there are people out there. And I'm sure if, you know, Miami finishes off the way they – you know, let's say they only play this game and then they don't play the last game. I don't know what's, what's going to happen. But let's say they go to the Orange Bowl and let's say they play Florida. And, and they be Florida. Wow, huh? Because then all of a sudden you're looking at eleven and one season or ten and one season, and uh, you can walk into any place, you know. Right. So you know, like a guy who is gonna uh, go to you know Texas Tech, and he all of a sudden he goes, "Well, we're ten and one. All we need is a quarterback. We have everybody else around it. We have an experienced offensive line. We have running game. We have everything like that for you. Just we need a quarterback, and that's what it's going to come down to for Miami next year if if he does leave because. 
not taking anything again, guys, away from Tyler or even Nikosi Perry or Jake Garcia or or, or even Peyton Matocha, who's pretty good too, uh, taking anything away from any of those guys. It's just experience wins out, and especially the schedule they're going to have next year. Yeah, Larry, I, I, I've seen tape of the Van Dyke kid. I like him a lot. Uh, following up on what you said, they're not beating the Gators if they do get that opportunity. Let's be real. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I also want hey, to come on now. Larry, I wanted to be self-deprecating here. You know it's bad when even Walter is saying that they're going to yeah. lose. Yeah, I'm no fan of the game. Yeah. But come on. Uh, they're very impressive. And I also wanted to be self-deprecating yeah. and make fun of myself for a little bit, as we are prone to do on this show. But last night, uh, Larry has his great show on WQEM, does a fantastic job interviewing a bunch of high school coaches. And then he had me on to talk about FIU 630. And, Larry, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot I was supposed to be on 630. I got two calls from the producer that I missed. And then I get a, a frantic uh, text message from Larry. I think I wasn't really too late. I, a minute later, I was on. And no, Larry was still fine. His previous guest, but I just want to say, Matt, I would have been real. Imp- Go ahead, Andre. You want to make fun of me? Go ahead. No, no, no. I just said you scared him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been a very embarrassing. So I apologize for that. But uh, the reason I bring that up is, you know, I was on there to talk about FIU. Obviously, their season's been a huge disappointment. 0 and 5. Haven't they've lost seven games in a row, haven't won a game since they beat Miami, ironically enough, everything has gone uh, down to the toilet since then. So um, another two-prong question, Larry, as we've got about five minutes left, but um, okay. I want to know if, if, if when the school is doing that poorly, do you think that that helps or hurts? Do, maybe they're going to get opportunities from kids to say, well, I can play right away. That's the first part of it. And then the yeah. second thing, same thing as you did with Miami, give me two kids that I think they got about 10 or 11, uh, you know, commitments that you're super high on that you think these guys could be good on the FIU list? Well, we'll tackle the first part where I could tell you that you, you take a look at this team right now and they've got parts uh, and they've got a tremendous coaching staff. And all of a sudden these kids see, you know, I mean, let's, let's face it. Butch Davis, even in 2020 and 2021 is, is his value is held really well through the years. See, there's a lot of coaches like Herman Edwards. Who's that? Isn't that the dude that does, you know, a lot of people, but although he's had success, this is, but I'm just saying there's a lot of guys that come back, you know, into coaching. A lot of people really, you know, there's been a generation that went by, but, that's what always helps out because if I'm a dad, you know, and I say, Hey, you know, Butch Davis, Super Bowls, national titles, his connections, uh, it's a major selling point. And then when you get there and you find the cupboards, like, you know, there's a peanut butter there and there's a jelly over there and there's not a lot in between. You're figuring, Hey, I'm there. I'm playing for Butch Davis and a great coaching staff and all his wisdom and all his experience and all his contacts in hopes that I'm going to be able to get in there right away and make a difference. And you can, and you can make a difference. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I say, don't ever give up. He's going to have a, he's got kids now. And I just think that he's going to have to play the transfer portal and the JC ranks just to get the, the darn thing going to the point where kids, freshmen are going to come in there. You know, Miami, look at Miami. Miami struggled the last few years because they didn't win. Even this year. My gosh, this has to be the best thing in the world, guys. Six and seven season, and you're recruiting like a, you know, like Ohio State. 
uh, with Leonard Taylor, who I forgot, but I think Leonard Taylor is going to, by the midseason, he'll he'll be an impact player too. But that guy's he's he's in the NFL. I mean, I just what does, he, what does he remind you of, Larry? He's like Warren Sapp with size. Because wow. <laughs> no one can hold them back. Who's going to stop them? No one's ever stopped them. I've, I've never seen any one person. He just pop, pop you back, use his strength. I mean, he, he yeah, he's going to be darn good. I mean, he may be as good as anyone Miami's had at that position in a long time. A long, Larry, long time. Larry, I mean, we've got two yeah. minutes left. Give me two FIU yeah. kids before my producer, Frankie, uh, takes me out of here like with the cane okay. and the over uh, left let me see. Uh, da, 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 da. I know they landed. Uh, uh, the Jeter uh, kid. You like the Jeter kid in Carroll City? Yes. Okay, there's the one kid that I've told you that uh, this he's a power five guy. Uh, for some reason, he got hurt last year. But then he came back and ran for 200 yards against, I believe, Central, Northwestern, one of the two, and did real well. Um, and then all of a sudden, then the noise died for him. But yes, 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 100%. He's one. And then you got another kid, too. Uh, I think in the defensive secondary, somebody that Mario I McCray. Uh, can we, yeah, can we count? Yeah, Mario McCray, the linebacker from Northwestern. But can we count the kid Gray who came from Nebraska? Because I want, I'd count him because if that kid's at his best when we saw him early on, that's a huge steal. You got two major steals. So that's what I'm saying, Walt B. You can't be all upset. You got kids on, on board and you got two guys like that that are pretty – you know, pretty good. Yeah, and when you mentioned the cupboards about peanut butter and jelly, you didn't mention, uh, <laughs> you know, Kirby Frijoles Negros or I don't know. Uh, yeah, 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 well, I was just getting to that. I was just getting to that, darn it. I forgot. The moral of the story is a recruit will go to FIU and say, I can make that sandwich. Yeah, right. that's Absolutely. right. That's right, Dre. Can't get anything by you, Dre. You're right. I'm telling you. <laughs> Larry, you know we could do an hour on this easily because you're such a great guest. I love having you on. Thanks for coming on, and we'll be back All next right, guys. week with another edition of Front Page 305. And opinions expressed on Front Page 305 are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Stan Radio.